de Mayo edition of the Big Red Lily podcast, our first ever Cinco de Mayo edition of the Big Red Lily podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Lane, joined tonight by my good friend, Alex Stingle. How are you, man? Hey, happy Cinco de Mayo to happy you, Happy Cinco de Mayo. Tell me, what would you be doing if there was no quarantine, no social distancing, anything like that? What would you be doing on Cinco de Mayo with Kate? What would y'all be doing? Uh, probably order Banditos. I'd, I'd say we uh, we'd probably still be home. I'm not not even gonna act like we'd be out and about and stuff. I mean, it'd still be a Tuesday for me, as much as I do want to celebrate. Um, you know, the combination of Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday. We'd probably just you know celebrate by, I'd say, ordering banditos. My my usual of uh the surf and turf, which is phenomenal. It is uh, that sounds I, amazing. It's steak uh, steak shrimp like baja chipotle sauce and then like okay. rice and all, right. all this stuff. It's it's incredible. But either way, uh, that and that probably some fantastic. some weird Netflix shows or something. Well, there's a ton of those right now. Right. If you're looking for weird Netflix shows, you are in the prime era of that. My wife and I, if if we could go out and do whatever we wanted tonight, I think we probably would have had a, a date night with our daughter at El Nepal. Uh, we typically go out there every – I think most people go out to Mexican restaurants on Cinco de Mayo and just drown themselves in margaritas, and we would probably do the same thing. And there's only about, fantastic. what, like 100 El Nepals around Louisville? Right. Like we got two within like 15 minutes of our house, so we're, we're close distance. But instead, tonight we made – I made some, some dope barbecue tacos, barbecue chicken tacos. Yeah, they look phenomenal. The, marinated the chicken for a little over 24 hours, baked them, shredded them, and then some, some homemade coleslaw. It was fantastic with a spicy barbecue sauce on top. With yeah, some, I'm very – Some uh, whiffle. Uh, very proud. Shout out to Ryan, guys. Very proud, very jealous at the same time. Well, um, look – when the FBI, uh, I shouldn't say the FBI, when the NCAA comes knocking on your door on a Monday, on Tuesday, it, you, you got to enjoy some tacos. It's just, that is what it is. I agree. I agree. So let's talk about it. We've known for a while that the that the NCAA was going to be coming forth with a notice of invalidations for Louisville. Uh, so far, I think like four or five different programs from the FBI investigation have received those. I know NC State is one of them. Creighton is one of them. And there's a few others. Uh, and then obviously Kansas is the big one. They've, they've, they're the, the new Louisville <laughs> where, in a sense. Where do you want to start with Kansas, man? I mean, like everything everything they've done down from like the tip of the season has been like middle fingers to the NCAA. Like Snoop okay, so Dogg, Money Gun, Strippers, this, right? like you so, name it. It doesn't matter. Let's compare Louisville, Kansas. Okay, so when it comes to Louisville, let, let's let's talk about what we expect Louisville to do, right? So we we heard from Vince Tyre and Neely Bendapudi on Monday, um, coming right out and basically saying we're going to fight this, right? right? So Louisville is saying we're going to fight. We've done everything correctly. We're going to show that we are innocent in these areas, right? We're going to admit that we're wrong in these, but we're going to we're going to show we shouldn't be punished for these. Kansas gets a notice of allegations, and Snoop Dogg is at uh, Midnight Madness. Stripper poles with strippers dancing on them. Call them adult dancers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and then money guns on top of that. I'm pretty sure he, he shot more money on the court than, like, Louisville ever gave, like, Katina Powell. Like, I'm, I'm, like there was plenty of money in that Snoop Dogg concert if you – uh, watch it, which I only did once because I just don't didn't want to see that again for the most part. But I will see 
Uh, somebody took a video of just the fan reactions because there's so many families in the stands and like there's like moms covering like faces of their kids and and all that and so you're like oh okay well definitely family night at uh, Hinkle Field House so can you imagine showing up to to that event so excited to be in fun- and then it's that preseason like number one number two oh my gosh my just bought my son a new jersey all this stuff and then you see snoop dog and strippers and you're like right. what have we done so louisville complies they give the ncaa everything they need they are willing to work with them and they get hammered after self-imposing Whereas Kansas gets their notice of allegations and they essentially tell the NCAA, hey, you know what you can do with that? You can go take it somewhere else because we have nothing to say to you, nor will we ever. And so we've known that this was going to come, right? This is no surprise. In fact, I think this is probably, in a sense, this is like a a bit of relief, right? It's finally kind of getting the last bit of that that elephant in the room out of the way. Like we've known for, for two years now almost, Louisville was going to be punished somehow some way for their involvement uh whatever you want to classify that as you know with jordan fair and and, uh kenny johnson but uh they're gonna be punished and and so this coming yesterday is probably the best thing in terms of getting the program back to the recruiting standards that you expect and being able to not have to worry about the negative recruiting of the the fbi investigation the ncaa punishment and all of that Uh, so i i think personally alex i don't know what you think my first reaction is finally. Like, let's get this over with. Yeah, finally. And then also, because one, we were always wondering about the timing of it. And then the other thing we were always curious was how how was the administration, the new administration, going to react to it, right? And it was wild um, in, in terms of, like, the unison that, the, that everybody had in terms of Tyre. Or is it? Yeah, in terms of... Tyre and then um, and, and Ben Pudi, everybody was on the same page. Even even Chris Mack's tweet um, or or a statement, you know, um, in in terms of we're fighting it. Like it, everybody was on the same page uh, from the get go, and that was awesome to see. It, just their immediate stance of, of we're not taking this crap anymore. We you know we tried it your way the first time. Now we've seen the actual playbook and the, and the roadmap of of how to get out of something like this, and also. You know, it's it's wild to, to read um, the official notice of allegations and then hear, like, actual expert reaction and, and people that have, like, law degree backgrounds and stuff like that because the more they talk about it, the less it makes sense. And, and there's so many people saying, like, oh, it's a reach and all this stuff because the the level one violation, it's it's it seems like pretty generic in some spots and like the entire argument itself, like the frame and position that the NCAA is taking in this, that, that, you know, what Adidas employees are technically, uh, boosters of, of the program. So, you know, in my mind, I I heard from one guy online, like law lawyers got to have to be licking their chops right now at this argument that, that all of a sudden the NCAA's position on, on a shoe company um, is is just a booster uh, to a university in particular because if I'm not mistaken, Jacob, are we the only school with a shoe deal in college sport sports? Yeah, I don't know why I kept that was that was terrible. Wow, <laughs> threw an extra S and an H in there. Sports, sports. Yeah. sports. 
uh, are we the only one? No, the last time I checked, Louisville is not the only school with a shoe deal uh, for Nike or Adidas. I mean, we got there a big one. Plenty of those. We have one of the biggest. I know that, but I'm pretty sure we're That's not the only said. one. Right. It, you're exactly right. And it seems like I wrote this down in my notes yesterday as I was kind of reading through this and, and trying to, you know, take in all the information and react to it is it seems like Louisville is the Adidas school here that is taking the fall. Say what you will about Kansas, but Kansas, I, I just have this feeling that Kansas is going to be the next North Carolina. They find a way to get away with what they did. Right. Uh, and then, you know, Louisville is the school that was punished a few years ago. Um, you know they're a big school they're a big name and you know with would say i don't even know how to get into this without sounding like the tinfoil hat conspirators of nike running college basketball but nike runs college basketball because you have schools on record saying we offered zion williamson two hundred thousand dollars and he didn't come here you mean to tell me that he went to another school and didn't take money no we know that duke is paying players kentucky is probably playing pair paying players we know lsu is paying players because of will wade not being smart enough to be able to control when and where he says stupid stuff uh and here we are with louisville doing everything that you could possibly do right finding themselves that being the ones that are going to get punished they're going to be the ones that take the brunt force of of everything that's happened to the ncaa the last couple of years yeah, because, I mean, there's so many different angles that I've heard in the last, like, 48 hours about this. And, and I feel like all of them can be kind of true to a degree. You know, like, uh, there's – I heard one radio guy the other day say, um, you know, the, the fact that – what was it? The, not only the timing of this, but, but the fact that this is still almost uh, repercussions from the last – dealing with us that they don't think you know they they still got what they wanted from the last right. major scandal because the last one was you know unprecedented and unfathomable and repugnant and and all these extreme terms that have never happened before in the history of college basketball um and they still you know maybe don't think they they punished us enough so maybe some of this is just them reaching for something anything and it's amazing to me that the fact that through all this and all the audio and all the 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 findings and even talking about the scheme which i definitely want to kind of involve in this because it's super recent right like it just came out on hbo not not even like two months ago and so it it, it, it literally is ridiculous when you when you kind of factor that in and how the fbi just started this from the get-go um there's no Louisville coaches on wiretap here. Where where are you seeing the violations of, oh, we have them red-handed? I mean, it's it's very... If your best argument on a level one violation is that you're somehow tying Adidas employees um, as, as representing the university when the university didn't even know about it. Right, that, right. That's you the have... whole thing. So this argument and position from the get-go, I think, tie, I think Louisville is looking at this like, hey we have a better shot at, at really going after this level one. And then also they can argue that these level two violations, if Rick Pitino did it, okay, well, guess what? He's one of your coaches at a different university that is currently active right now. So why don't you actually impose that on, you know, on the actual coaches themselves? Because we cleaned house. I mean, that's the whole. Th so, I mean, I know they're probably not going to, they're going to somehow mitigate that factor, like even though it's one of the biggest, because that's what they do best. 
Um, but I think their their level one argument, which should be the most serious, is is almost the weakest because it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Right. My favorite is the level two allegation that the former men's basketball head coach did not satisfy his head coach responsibility. Okay. Well, guess what, guys? He is a coach at another school. So, like, it's not like you can't – he's not untouchable anymore. He has to talk to you, uh, and you have to be – like, you have the ability to go after him. One of the the two assistant coaches that's mentioned in the, the notice of allegations, guess what? He's coaching college basketball. He coaches at LaSalle. You can punish him. Why punish the school when the school has fired everyone involved with the scandal? Everyone that was here – that was reportedly involved is no longer employed by the school, including all the way up to the president of the university. So if right. you're talking about a school who has followed the, the steps of here's what you need to do in order to get in good standing and, and take steps towards further compliance and being a good standing school. And yet the NCAA is going to look at that and be like, you know, you probably should have had uh, money guns and strippers and your coach wearing a big chain. That might have actually kind of distracted us instead because that's what seems to be going on. Like the schools the last few years who have told the NCAA, hey, look, this is what happened. This is what's going on. We want to work with you are Louisville and Cal Poly. Cal Poly got destroyed over – I think it was like some books, some textbooks given to, to, to student athletes, given a you know, multi-year ban and, and a loss of scholarships and all these crazy punishments. They did the same thing to Louisville where you have schools that are essentially putting a middle finger in the face of the NCAA saying, we won't tell you a thing. And the NCAA is like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll go punish the people who will work with us so that we can feel high and mighty and like we're all powerful. When they know that their athletes are leaving at a higher rate, the kids that are on campuses, they don't want to be in college. They would prefer to go and earn money professionally. The student athlete model is falling apart. The NCAA is desperately – they are clawing at something to make them feel high and mighty. And it's unfortunate that Louisville is the one that's going to be in the way of that. And it's – well, one, it's amazing to me that, you know, that everyone keeps saying this essentially all happened from like Adidas just fumbling a payment. You know, like that's – it's insane that when you think about just how some things like crumble, like from such a small little detail. And it's like, it's amazing to me to your point that all these coaches, there's so much evidence from Nike schools about Nike schools. Right. But they're, they're doing it better. You know, I mean, if you think about it, like there's the whole system with the AAU and, and all that. I mean, like, they have it down pat, like you said. I mean, like, they're the yeah, ones. They are the feeder system into college basketball. Exactly. Right? And I think it's through the AAU circuit. And I think Adidas kind of tried to come in and, you know, they didn't have the same network and infrastructure and they still are trying to do the same things and, and compete for the same guys. And it's, you know, they're they're probably more sloppy. Clearly, but well, and I mean, you saw it a few years ago with uh, I think it was 2016, the year before the whole Brian Bowen thing went down with Antonio Blakeney. He, he committed to Louisville on a whim, and you heard reports of his family being extremely unhappy with him to the point of being willing to tell him, you know, if you don't decommit, we're not willing to support you in this journey. Something to that matter. That's probably not the full truth, but something along those lines. And a big reason has to be because Nike was involved. He, they wanted him to go to a Nike school. He was a top prospect. If I had to guess, just based off of what I know of what's going on in the, the landscape of recruiting, probably got paid, right? LSU's been known to pay some players. I know that was Johnny Jones and not Will Wade. But 
like it, it, this the the shoe thing has been a, a big deal for a while and we've seen Louisville lose kids because they just aren't they can't get into the Nike circuit the way that other schools that are right. Nike affiliated can mm-hmm. you know Kentucky and Duke have been made the the powers of college basketball they've won a lot of games right but but they're the Nike brand and the semblance that they, those programs carry with that I mean they literally can go out and get whoever they want and when they can't they know that they have the powers that be to direct them via cash, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe that's a crazy accusation, but that seems how it goes. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, you know, almost, you know, not cry wolf, I guess, but we can't really throw stones right now considering, like, our our glass house is kind of shattered as well. So, I mean, it's not like you're you're far off, but at the same time, they did it worse, and you know, once again, we're at the forefront of the spotlight. It also doesn't help that there's really no other sports going on besides what, like the Korean baseball circuit or whatever that is, right? And maybe WWE and their their little gym. So I think this this just gets compounded that much more at the fact that people just have literally all the time in the world to like tee off on this once again, and there's not really much of a news cycle to eat it up. Uh, sports-wise, so I think that's something else that it's kind of unfortunate is the timing of it. Um, but yeah, speaking of the timing of it, I mean, no one's back at school. 40 million people have filed for unemployment. Schools and universities are in peril in terms of budgets and what they're going to do for the future. We've already furloughed or fired, what, one-third or one-fourth of Louisville's athletic department. And other schools, smaller schools, uh, I just saw online, I think it was Akron, they just literally uh, shut down like 6 of 11 uh, schools within their university. So, I mean, you're talking about colleges not even offering half their degrees anymore because of this whole thing. But somehow, um, you know, the NCAA hadn't found the time in the last, what, how many months? They had to uh, provide a notice of allegations. So in terms of the timing, I think it's just one more thing um, on, that they also do on purpose. You know, I, th- I think it's it's no secret because uh, what there was a story out there that an NCAA employee was, uh, you know, kind of blabbing on a plane about um, one of the verdicts they were handing down what to, to NC State, I think. Um, that became a big story, and they purposely drug it out because that's that's literally part of the punishment. Um, it is you know the longer this goes on, the more negative recruiting there is, the harder it is for Chris Mack to land these top guys, and then you have these Louisville fans that are complaining, you know, about him whiffing on all these recruits, and you've never been in that room, um, and Chris Mack has never been in that room, but he hears sometimes what other coaches say about him. And he hears sometimes what other coaches say about the program. And it's not, I mean, it's it's not good because there's plenty of ammo right now. And so to your point, yeah, let's be excited that this is getting going. Let's get excited that we're, we're fighting it. But at the same time, we know essentially how this is going to go down. You know, we've been down this road before. Yeah, we, we'd like to think that we know. But the NCAA is one of those organizations that, the unpredictability factor is at uh, is always at an all time high when they're handing out verdicts in big cases because if you go back, you know the last several years, right? So you have North Carolina completely botched that investigation, 
they ended up determining that they weren't going to punish North Carolina because other students were involved that weren't athletes. You go back to speaking the, of that. Hold it right there. Pause. Speaking of that, that's another point. Immediately, the program hired the same law firm and the same lawyers to represent U of L in this case that had represented what? I think it was the exact same case, correct? Similar. I mean, it wasn't academic fraud. No. Uh, I but mean, it, it, it is, he, it's not in this scenario, but it was then at North Carolina. Yeah, so this guy is very familiar with fighting the NCAA, and he's done so successfully already, uh, which is one more thing to be hopeful about. So to your point, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I do think that's a great point to bring up about your, you know, your message. Right, and, and so to get back to what I was saying was, so you have North Carolina, and then you have Miami back in the, the early 2000s where the NCAA, their investigation was thrown off because of internal people being drug in it on both sides, under the Miami side and cash payments being made and all these different things. And so eventually the NCAA had to say, you know, we can't make a ruling on this. And, and, you know, Miami got away with a lot more than they probably should have. And one of the first things that I wrote down when, when I was going through and listening yesterday and reading some of the tweets from the, the media people who were watching this press conference was, and I wrote it exactly like this, do whatever you got to do to replicate what North Carolina did. And that's before I even knew that they hired Mike Glazier, who was the attorney for the North Carolina. And I, I think that there's a way of not being Kansas in how you approach the NCAA, but being no. more respectful uh, right. and also not being North Carolina and, and being completely naive to the fact that you committed academic fraud for a long time. Like we're talking about, an, uh, we're talking about Louisville who fired and got rid of everybody. I can't stress that enough. They took care of the, the problem internally. And if you're not going to reward that in some form or fashion, well, then you better be ready for a fight because if you if you take that and you combine it with this whole uh, trial that went down in New York and was just such a waste of money where the, the ruling ultimately ended up doing nothing and uh, these, these people for, for things – far less serious than what people go to jail for on a regular day basis are going to serve prison time because of a college basketball recruiting scandal. It's ridiculous. And Louisville is going to be the only school punished. And to what degree? I don't know. And that's what I want to talk about next is, so what's the, what's the worst case scenario here? I, I think that to the people that say death penalty, I think that's silly. The NCAA is in, is in such a financial um, struggle right now and with everything that's going on taking the revenue away from a school like Louisville, who is one of your premier basketball schools, their premier football school to an extent there's, there's women's volleyball, women's basketball, baseball, like it goes on and on and on. How do you punish and deal with that? Like it, it just, it, I, I'm not exactly sure of how the NCAA can put them on a death, a death punishment or anything like that when they can't handle the blow financially of that Louisville's far too important. So I think it turns into how many years, What's the what's the number? Is it one? Is it two? Is it five? Like, what does the NCAA do here? I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a combination of things. I think uh, you know it could be a one year you know postseason plus you know maybe a scholarship reduction um, or like you know scholarships you know whatever that looks like. Right. I think they're gonna. It, it's it really sucks in hindsight because um, of the fact that you know in, in terms of really getting in trouble, already being on suspension, you know the 
that's the NCAA is going to be like that's their big stressor, and that's their big leverage on on this whole situation is that you are already on suspension, and yeah we're they're, we're reaching to find something to stick to stick on this, but you still had an assistant coach that was trying to get into some stuff, right? You know, serious some serious stuff yeah and 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 so there is going to be some repercussion regardless of how well of an argument um you know this lawyer and louisville's defense um provides so in my mind you know because it's such a high profile this is dragged on for for nearly what six this whole thing from the get-go for like six years i think by the time this is probably going to be over yeah when you talk about the life the, the lifespan of when it first started to now I mean, you're talking about 2013, 2014-ish to 2020. So, yeah, right at six years. And, I mean, this has been since Louisville won the championship and the Sugar Bowl, went to the College World Series, this has been the narrative on who Louisville is as a program, um, completely glossing over all the success that they've had and all the years of of all the, the good standing and things that they had built up. And, uh, right. you know, Louisville, the, the, the new – administration the new coaching staffs they've all taken you know a a bit of the blowback of you know coming into a program that just honestly was in shambles from a pr standpoint and they've rebuilt it and yet here we are talking about you know a potential two-year tournament ban a potential one-year tournament ban for a group of players and coaches and staff that literally had nothing to do with this as a as a moral and good standing organization, I don't know how you can do that. I just don't. It makes zero sense in any form of punishment, law, anything like that. It makes no sense to punish people who had nothing to do with the crime. I think, I, like looking back, and I don't want to keep, you know, well, I guess Patino is kind of relevant in this whole situation, but. I think that's what really, really broke him was the fact that he built his entire legacy, you know, on on compliance and doing the right thing, doing it the right way. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just, you know, his reputation is ruined forever or at least forever changed. You know, yeah, I mean, so. it is in Louisville, but, right. but here you are talking about a school like Iona who knowingly hired him. Right, knowingly hired him, and it seems knowing like this could happen. Knew, it, it seems like Patino knew that there was no chance he was going to be punished because of the the uh, testimony under oath that that he did not know. That, right. That's what he can stand on. Is you know, sure it all happened at Louisville, and I'm so sorry that the school has to go through that, but I did not know that it happened. Well, because it, one of these level two violations, you know, it, it, apparently it's it's not just the coach anymore. It's the entire institution come to find out uh, that the the entire institution failed to adequately monitor the recruitment of an incoming high profile student athlete. So, you know, we, let's just keep going up. So, like, you know, OK, so I guess. Like to your point, firing the president from the top down, I, and they already know that. By the way, by the time these were written, so that's why Way ahead of that, yeah. I mean, that's why I don't have a whole lot of faith in this. Our our big argument that we cleaned house. Well, their argument is you cleaned house after you got caught on probation doing something. So, 
I understand it from that, that it is a very serious thing. But then I also, you know, you think of that track record that the NCAA has. To your point, how many cases have they botched that have been already high, high profile? So it's not like they're they're perfect with these. They're, they're not like the, the Southern District of New York that has like, what, the 90, 99 or 95% success, like win rate with cases. Like these guys, they go after people, but then they kind of fumble sometimes. You know, it, it's it's amazing to me that you would do this and still not have it locked up. And the way this is worded, especially the level one allegation, it is, it's weird. And it doesn't make sense. And it's generic in some parts. And it they basically are just piecing together what they want. Because there was a lot of audio and a lot of, um, a lot of documents that came from the FBI in that case. And a lot of things they could have used. And so you're relying on, you know, one guy who's had a couple different stories and who has said a lot of different things, but you're basically picking and choosing what you want to use from him, right? Like if, if you're going to use that guy as a standing thing to build a case on, well, all right, we can also use what he also said from this and from that. And I think to that point, Lowell's lawyers and, and, is it Glazier? Is it Glazer or however you say it? But yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, th- I think he's gonna have a really, really strong case by the way this is already being framed. That's my only hope. But at the same time, there will be a punishment. There's absolutely a case here for an attorney who knows the ins and outs of law and and knows knows the ins and outs of the NCAA. Right, like, exactly. and their capabilities. And somebody who has beat them, right. and they understand. Okay, here's the gray area. Here's where you operate, and here's what you can get right. away with. Right, they're not good at this. You're, you're exactly right. But the NCAA has never been an organization that does the same thing twice. Every school, every investigation, every punishment has been different. Some make no sense. Some are like, okay, well, why was there not more? And and we have a recent history me, with them. Right, it gives me no faith and trusting that the the judge is the prosecutor at the same time. It, it just makes no sense. The whole system is broken. Um, and the day when the Power Five uh, or Power Seven in college basketball, whatever you want to call it, break away from the NCAA and do their own thing will be the greatest day in college sports because the NCAA is the, – the way that they operate is uh, – it's just ridiculous in that they do whatever they want when they want. There's no operating bylaws. There's nothing that they stick by. They do what they want when they want. Right. When they want to fix things, they fix things. And when they don't, they don't. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. So the fact that it's a voluntary organization, they have basically just turned into this you know, power-hungry, we-do-whatever-we-want mentality. And it's ridiculous because when you think about it, when you, when you do postseason bans, when you do things of that nature – it, it affects the economies of not only the university you're punishing, but also the the locations in the towns and the economies of where that team could have gone because right. you're punishing a very big fan base that will travel, you know? And, and so I don't think they, un, they, well, maybe they don't care of the repercussions sometimes of, you know, you're losing employees, you know, families hurt from the, like, it's not just you're hurting, you know, the university or just the coach or whatever, or whatever they think they're doing, you know? Right. And, and all while turning their back on other organizations that have come in 
to their to the way that their system operates and they've infiltrated it and and they're been the ncaa is benefiting in some way or fashion the ncaa would go after everyone and everything that was that was a part of any kind of cheating scandals that they could but they choose actively to turn a blind eye because if you think that adidas is the only shoe company that is paying players and offering to help guide uh, top level talent to schools you're crazy it's it's just not it's not happening nike and maybe even under armor some of the other big name schools like i'm not i'm not trying to make any accusations here but i think we can all agree that there's there's some form of of cheating and paying players going on across the board maybe this new these new laws that the ncaa is passing where you know players can pass uh, or can earn money from their their image and likeness will help but i saw a tweet today that says who who can't who says that LSU can't go promise recruit A that they can set them up with boosters who will pay them a million dollars a year when they're in the recruitment process? That, that's absolutely going to happen. So I think we're only in the beginning stages of cheating, and Louisville's going to be the one that just takes the brunt force of the NCAA right now. There's so much out of their control, and this is the one thing they can't control. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I don't know about you. I'm tired of talking about the NCAA. I'm, we have 90 days until Louisville's uh, – now it's 89 days until Louisville's uh, reply back to the NCAA is due. And then from there we'll have 60 days for the NCAA to reply back and, and provide punishment. My guess is Louisville will not be banned from a tournament in 2021 uh, in this next upcoming season. My guess is it would be the season after. Um, but we'll see. You never know what the NCAA can do. Um, 